man. Thanks yeah. for coming over to the pod, bro. Wow. It's 8 o'clock. Not bad at all. Yeah, shit. Every time I look at this watch, I need to go. I'm on. Yeah, you're the right. You're the right perfect person to go ahead and ask. I'm on. My, look at my heart rate. It's just. 60. That's yeah. not bad. I'm at, bad at 60. All. I'm at 60. During the afternoon, I was at 57, I think. That's not bad. It's actually great. Especially after I quit smoking and drinking. I quit smoking in 2000 and uh, hmm, 18, but I vaped for a while and yeah. then, um, yeah, I'm done. And then I, again, I decided to take a break from alcohol because if you end up, uh, if yeah. you end up drinking, then you end up smoking. Yeah. So after that, my life completely transformed, completely. Like it took a 360 degree turn. Yeah. And especially now, post COVID, like my heart rate's like, I don't know, resting is somewhere like 59, sometimes 61. That's good. I don't know. That's good. It's not a bad thing at all. It's actually a good thing. Mine, generally, my resting heart rate's around 45, 43, so it really depends. 45? Are you fucking serious? Yeah. So... But that's, that's because I've been training since I was 13 years old. So it's been 27 years of training. I've been training, yeah, since I was 13. That's when I first got into a gym. So it's been 27 years. What? Yeah. X, can you roll from this? I, I, I like this already. Hold on. So you went to the gym. Are you okay rolling? Yeah. Cool. You went to the gym when you were 13 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Who took you to the gym? Nobody. I went on my own. At 13? Yeah. What made you do that? Lots of things. Uh, I was an athlete. I've been an athlete growing up. I played cricket for the state at the under-16s, under-19s. And um, I kind of figured in life that I may not have the most talent, but I can still be the most hardworking. So uh, talent wasn't in my control. Uh, How fit I was, was. And uh, I decided to work on what I could control. I've always done that. It's just been a part of my life. So I got into a gym when I was 13, started working on my fitness because I didn't like the way I was... I didn't like the way I was playing, mm-hmm. um, and it helped. It helped my game. It did? Yeah. Uh, at 13 itself? Yeah. Right at the get By, I mean, I spent the first few months just trying to figure out what I needed to do because back then it was, when I was 13 or 14, it was, what, 96? No one really went to a gym. Like The, the guys you had in the gym were, were um, you know, either old-school bodybuilders or, mm. or models. And that, that was it. And and the gym I went to is, is a gym called Flex. It was in my neighborhood. It was literally a, a room. It mm. been double the size of this. And there was no cardio equipment whatsoever. It was just weights. No machines, just weights. And uh, I think that was amazing. I wish I had more of that now. Yeah. I can't even imagine. When I look at the old gyms, I see Arnold's uh, videos, you know, back in the yeah. day. All the dudes together just working out. That's about it. Yeah. And, uh, fist to fist, iron to iron, straight up, you know. Yeah. And there was a thing that Arnold said a couple of days back, uh, a couple of uh, weeks back. I was looking, uh, I was watching a podcast, and he said, uh, somebody asked him, "Why do you go to? Why do you still go to the gym? Why do you still go to the gym?" And he was, "Well, that's something that I do. It's a part yeah. of who I am. 
it really doesn't matter if uh, I wake up and I go. Yeah. It's it's like I wake up and I brush my teeth. It's the same thing. I wake up and I just go, and it's something that I it's it's embedded in my system yeah. now. Yeah. And if you've been working out since you were 13 years old, I'm sure it's embedded in your system. It is. Uh, I think uh, growing up as a lawyer, um, the one thing that kept me going was the fact that I I trained every day. Um, it helped on the mental side. It gave me enough. Uh, it gave me enough. How do I call it? Um, the mental bandwidth to go through the stresses that you go through as a lawyer uh, because you've kind of trained yourself to kind of stay disciplined. So for me, it is part of life. It is, it's like getting up in the morning, brushing my teeth. So getting up in the morning, going and training. Well, and, and training doesn't necessarily mean going into a gym. It could be anything. It could yeah. be playing a sport. It could be going for a run. It could be going cycling. It could be anything. But I will move in the day. That's the way I look at it. Especially when I, when I travel Southeast Asia. When I travel Southeast Asia, I see a lot of movement. Yeah. I haven't traveled extensively all around the world, but wherever I've been, majority of the movement that I see is towards Southeast Asia. People are always out and about, yeah. out and about, out in parks, out in India, for instance. People are out. Yeah. You know, pe people at least do something. That's what I feel. You know, people in Nepal, we, we go out, we do something, you know. The Western part of the world, of course, it's it's got its own set of problems. It's got its own plus and minus, right? Going out, how important is that for you, in a sense, when it comes to working out? Do you have to go out, out, or can you do a lot of things indoors as well? If you had to pick, it depends. I mean, I am I am someone who's always kind of uh, tried to make the most of everything. Yeah, uh, I don't like kind of restricting myself to either just outdoors or just indoors. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, the pandemic forced us to stay indoors uh, for a couple of years. So I used to go up on my terrace and work out there. So it gave me a sense of being outdoors. Um, but I I honestly like it. I, 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 I like both. I can't kind of pick one. I like going out. I like going for hikes. I like uh, going cycling. I like running on the road. I play a sport when I get the time. So for me, it's got to be a mix. I think life's a mix, right? Everything's, everything's, you can't have just one thing and kind of go on for the rest of your life doing one thing. It's not going to work. At yeah. some point, you're going to get bored and you're going to stop. For me, I think with fitness, it's, it's, it's just about being consistent and you're consistent when you're having fun. And for me, fun means trying something different all the time. Yeah, that's, that's super nice. All right, let me break it down for everybody who are listening right now at the moment. So a couple of days back, my friend uh, Saloni, our friend, sorry, our friend Saloni sent me a message. I was sitting in Kursong uh, having a cup of tea and heading towards that ceiling. And then I was like, oh, I've got a friend coming over and he's super fun and you should definitely sit down and uh, talk to him. And I was like, uh, send, me, send, send me all the details. And then she sent me a website and I was looking at it and I was like, done, man. As soon as I saw what you do, I was like, done, man, booked, you know, and uh, it doesn't matter the time because I figured out that you had very limited window. And yeah. I was like, hey, it's fun because I enjoy working out, you know, I'm, I enjoy going to the gym. Yeah. I really enjoy it. It's a part of my lifestyle. I, of course, there are times when I don't go to a gym for a month, you know, but it's a part of my life. I like it. I enjoy it. And I've been doing that for a long, long time. Yeah. It's just fun. It's yeah. it just it just feels like home whenever I'm in the gym. And uh, that is something that uh, I really like and I advocate itself, advocate it to everybody yeah. as well. But again, I also say that you gotta do whatever the hell you wanna do. You, wanna, you should eat whatever the hell you wanna eat, just make the best out of your life. So going back to this, I'm super psyched that you're here. And thank you. Thanks for coming over. Thank you for having me. 
How, how how do you like Kathmandu? Let's uh, as soon as you landed or tra- as soon as you saw it from the airplane for the first time. I thought it was I I mean I walked in and and it was stunning. I we don't get to see mountain ranges too often when we're sitting in Bombay, so it was definitely stunning. Uh, very old school reminds me of a reminds me of one of my favorite places in the world, which is Mahabaleshwar. Uh, it's very similar. It's got that kind of vibe. Uh, so it, it's been interesting. Um, I love the people. I met a few. I met about thirty of them just now, uh, just before this, and they were fun. They they kind of had, uh, they just had a great time. And for me, that's important. I I just love watching people have fun. Um, so brilliant. And and on the way here as well, I was just I was telling Saloni uh, that you know I hope I get to spend more time here because it seems really nice. So yeah, for sure. I'm good, man. I'm I'm glad. How did a corporate lawyer <laughs> jump ship, man? Uh, uh, let, let me let me ask you this straight away and straight up. Becoming a lawyer was, I'm sure, a part of what you wanted to do and part of what your parents definitely wanted you to do as well, give or take. I mean, I I've been inspired by my mother and my mother's a lawyer, so oh. it, it just it just flowed. I there were two things that I I kind of knew when I was growing up. And anyone asked me what I wanted to do, I said I want to play cricket for India. If I can't, I'll be a lawyer. And I said that when I was ten years old. Uh, so that just kind of stuck with me, and and it was just natural for me from school to twelve, twelve to five years of law school, and uh, move on. That that's what I did. Nice. So, so I f- I did what what was expected of me uh, for a really long time, till I kind of wanted to move into something that I expected of myself. So, two different things, and and tried to kind of find that balance. I did, I did the good thing. I I studied. I did well in school. I did well in college. I worked in Singapore for five years. Came back here. Um, tried to kind of enjoy it, but I think sometimes you lose interest in in things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, I've always, I'm a hard worker. I've worked really hard my entire life. Um, whether that's sport or that's that's law or or now. Uh, so I need to enjoy what I do, mm-hmm. and if I don't enjoy it, I just can't continue. So it took 15 years of law for me to realize I was done. A total of 15 years, huh? 15 years as a lawyer, yeah. You're working out every day during that time. Every single day. I I was doing 20 hour days, but I would uh, I would go into that gym even for 20 minutes, and uh, because it, it, I didn't do this, and I still don't train because of the way it makes me look. I train because of the way it makes me feel. It's, Massive difference, and when you train for the way you feel, I think you train long term. <laughs> exactly what I was trying to go ahead and explain earlier as well, right? Even five minutes at the gym makes yeah. me feel like okay, you know that sense of uh, accomplishment that you yeah. get, you know, it it, it feels great. Yeah. Uh, as a coach, right? Can I can I use yeah, this word? Sure. Yeah. As a coach, you're constantly having a conversation with. Uh, your peers. Let let me yeah. just go ahead and put it that way, yeah. right? I read it somewhere that you'd said, which I really liked. It said a trainer is going to be with you for an hour, but a coach is going to be with you for forever throughout the day. You know, yeah. give or take, right? Internationally, or let me just let me just uh, throw this out in India. How does it work? Like like when it comes to training and when it comes to being a coach, what's how would you differentiate it? How if you want to elaborate it? I mean, look at it this way, right? Uh, a trainer's—I've always kind of tried to break this down. 
you spend more time with your coach or your trainer in a week than you spend with your best friend. Okay? Sure. Let's say you train five times a week, even if you train three times a week. For an hour, you spend three hours with your coach. I don't remember the last time I spent three hours with my best friend in a week, right? Uh, because of work and the way life goes. So if you're just going to be someone who's going to come in there, tell you what to lift and leave, you're really not adding value to their life. Uh, for me, everything's got to be some sort of value add. Mm. It's not just about making them lift weight. So you're going to be that person they're going to talk to. Uh, you're going to be that person they're going to open up to. Uh, and sometimes you've got to be able to have that conversation. And uh, I'm actually glad I kind of switched careers at the age of 35 because, you know, I had that experience. I could talk. Yeah. I, I wasn't a 20-year-old who had no experience of life and, and didn't know what was going on. The fact that I kind of had that experience helped me when I was kind of dealing. And it still helps me when I'm dealing with people because I, I honestly believe a coach is a man manager, right? Uh, some of the best coaches in the world were the best man managers. Mm -hmm. You look at Sir Alex Ferguson for United, 27 years or 26 years, whatever. He wasn't the best coach in the world. He just knew how to manage people. Exactly. So for me, that is super important. And I remember I, I kind of was spending time with, with one of my mentors and, and I have very few in the fitness space. And I interned with him for two weeks. I shadowed him around in San Francisco and he told me, he's like, you know what? You can be the best technical coach in the world, but if you can't put your point across, you're useless. So you've got to entertain. And when you entertain, they will listen to you. You've got to get their attention. Uh, and that's what I kind of decided to do. I said I was going to entertain people. I'd make them work out. I'd get what I want, but I'd still entertain them. That's it. I like that a lot. Uh, just uh, just in, uh, we got all the time in the world, but yeah. uh, tell everybody about uh, SoFit. You know, how did you get started with that? Well, long story, but um, it was my wife's idea, strangely enough. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I remember wanting to do something in fitness eight years before I started SoFit. I was a lawyer back then and all my friends made fun of me. Right? They're like, dude, you're going to be a partner someday. You're going to make a lot of money. Why do you want to give that up to become a trainer? Right? That, that's what everyone's line was. And I said, you know what? I don't know. There's something in me that tells me I want to help people. It's not about just training them. It's about helping them on yeah. a mental and a physical level. And uh, no one understood. They all laughed it off. And I was like, okay, fine. Maybe I am being dumb about this. Maybe I should just let it go. So yeah. let, let it go. But it kept eating me up inside. It kept going on. And every year, every time I had a bad day in office, I'd think about, you know, what if I was just doing my own thing? Uh I didn't have the guts to do it back then. I had no responsibility. Actually, I had. I was married. I had, but responsibility was just the two of us living a good life. I didn't have the guts to do it then. Uh, but when I had my son, I suddenly had the guts to do it. Uh, so hats off to my wife. I think she's backed me completely. And uh, she asked me to kind of just follow my heart. And that's what I did. I, I didn't have a plan. I, you know, I, I always kind of sat with my friends and everyone was like, oh, you've got to have a business plan, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do that, and let's prepare a deck. And I'm like, and they're like, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I'm just going to take it one day at a time. Yeah. And and what I will do is I'll have the time of my life doing it. Uh, and uh, that's it. That's that's all. So so if it started when, yeah, I, I remember sitting down with my managing partner in my law firm, and he told me he was going to make us, I, I was going to be the next partner when it came to capital markets, and that's what I did. 
I just didn't feel anything. Yeah. I was like, this is not what I worked my entire life for. It feels really, really empty. It it's not what I want to do. And I remember telling him I was going to quit, and he said, "What? You going to another firm? Do you want more money? What is it?" And I said, "No, I'm just done with the law." <laughs> I think everyone laughed at me back then. Uh, my parents' friends laughed at me. I think my parents were shocked. Uh, but some people believed in me, which was great. And yeah. uh, then I've never looked back since. And the people who believed in you are still really good friends with you, I'm sure. Friends, mentors, guides—you can call them whatever you want to call them—but they've always been there. Look back when when you think back and all the people who said that you're gonna feel, you know, when you, when you look at people who tell you that you're gonna you're gonna feel, you don't do it at all, like you're gonna completely feel. When you look back and when you think of those people, what comes to your mind? Nothing. I was happy they kind of told me that because I wanted. I mean, the reason I kind of became a coach to an extent was to show people that a coach is an important person. Uh, to show people that coaching is a very cool profession, yeah, and it is a profession. Um, it's it's not that I'm sitting on a desk and kind of talking to people about legal stuff or giving them advice, but I am helping them with the single most important thing that's their life. Uh, so if you break it down that way, I think I'm more important than a lawyer would be to them, uh, and and that's the way I look at it. So no, I I actually look back and and a lot of my friends come to me and they're like, you know what, we never thought this would happen. Yeah. We never thought you'd be able to make it. But hats off, and I said, you know what? Thank you for doubting me because it made me want to do it even more. I I like it when someone tells me I can't do something. So it's yeah. it's just uh it's it's I take it up as a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That push, you know. I'm, so again, my train. I love my trainer, and he's a gem of a guy. And I just started uh, doing PT with him, and he's a, he's a great guy. And uh, every time he says two more or one more, you know. You think that you won't be able to do it, yeah. but that uh, motivation—one more. Let's try. It. Let's try one more. You know, that motivation. Yeah. And you—you'll do it. You'll do one more, and yeah. probably you'll do two more. You'll do one more extra rep. That push. Not everybody gets that push in life. I'm—I'm yeah. I'm, I'm moving back to our conversation. Not everybody gets that push in life. Yeah. You know, somebody coming over and telling you that, "Hey, man, it's okay. Give it a shot." I think if not everybody, but if majority of the people have that positive attitude towards somebody else giving it a shot, you know, into unknown territory, life and this planet would be a completely different place. It would. Uh, I think uh, you've also got to trust that person who's asking you to go one more time. Mm. I think that's important. Uh, and and again, I keep going back to the best managers in the world. Uh, that their, their team would run through a wall for them if they told them to. Yeah. And and that's what I wanted. If I, if I tell my students to do an extra rep or do something and they look at me like I'm crazy, uh, as long as they trust me and they know I'm not going to hurt them, they'll do it. And uh, that gives me the most amount of pleasure. I love seeing people do things they don't think they can do. Hmm. And and the look in their face and that sense of accomplishment when they're done is what we work for. It's that simple. Uh, I couldn't do this last week. I'm doing it. I I never thought I'd be able to do this. I'm doing it. Great. That's all that matters. That's perfect. 2017, you start kicked it off. Yeah, 2017. 2017. A good solid five years, two years of craziness. It's still five years of craziness. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think the craziness ever ends. I think that's the that's the part about doing your own thing. The craziness never ends. It's You're always kind of yeah. working for the next thing or the next thing. And 
I think the one thing I'd love to tell myself if I had to do it all over again is just enjoy the moments. Sometimes you kind of get so caught up in mm. the rush of doing things, you stop enjoying what you're doing. So uh, I've always kind of stopped myself and said, you know what, enjoy this. Yeah. Just, just have fun and then we play it. Let's tell everybody, let's break it down a little bit and I really want everybody to understand from your perspective of uh, the working out culture of India. Can you just uh, give me a gist of, from back in the day, you know, like from the, again, we talked about 1986, nobody went to the gym, you know, barely anybody went to the gym and at one point when I was in India, it was crazy. There were like, every corner I turned into, there was a gym yeah. and people were working out. Yeah. I don't know what people were taking, but they were like, buffed up people you know and that i don't know when it happened i don't know how it happened but it just happened it just exploded yeah what, what do you think really happened not just in india but you know the the entire culture see i th i think india is still years behind the west when it comes mm -hmm. to training and fitness i'm not going to kind of sugarcoat it um yeah when i was young growing up that you didn't see too many people going to a gym um but you had those few people here and there. Uh, you've got to give, you know, I, I know a lot of people kind of uh, look back and, and, and kind of blame Bollywood for a lot of things, but Bollywood did help when it came to fitness. People did start training because they saw their favorite actors in decent shape. My, my take on this is I think India kind of changed or tweaked and uh, he is uh, one of my favorite cricketers is when Virat kind of started Virat getting Kohli. into fitness. Yeah, And mm -hmm. when, when he kind of publicized the fact that fitness was very important, suddenly athletes started taking it seriously. Um, I I think it's very, very important for everyone to stay fit. I think, unfortunately, in India, it's still a luxury. Anywhere else in the world, it's a necessity. Mm. Fitness is just a part of life. In India, still, it's still a luxury. It's still, you know, if I have the time, I'll go. If I have the money, I'll spend. Everywhere else, it's just, dude, I just have to do it. So India is still catching up. But uh, you've got to thank you've got to thank the athletes and Bollywood for it to some extent because that's what people follow. Uh, open up Virat Kohli's uh, Instagram X. Uh, I saw a picture of him. Uh, no, I saw a video. I saw a video of him lifting uh, the other day, and uh, yeah, when you think about it, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, he started. He's. I mean, I I remember a lot of my friends who kind of started wanting to train. He he transformed that Indian cricket team and put a lot of emphasis on fitness, which I think is amazing. You uh, trained the Kabaddi uh, team, right? Yeah. Uh, did you ever train the cricket team too? No, I, I, I've trained one. Uh, I trained a couple of, uh, I, well, we've trained 200 Kabaddi players. Yeah. Uh, but I trained Robin Utapa, who is uh, yeah. always a cricketer. Cricketer, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Super Kings? Uh, Chennai Super Kings. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he works out, man. That he is so hard. true. He works out. I've seen a lot of videos of him. He posts it. And yeah. uh, uh, everybody should take it as a motivation when uh, famous people like him, athletes like him, go out and do something like this, right? Yeah. Like, if he can do it, I can give it a shot. And, you know, yeah. I'm sure he's in the best shape of his life at the moment. Yeah, he is. Right? He is. Uh, what do they do that is dis so different than what we do? It's the same human body. Nothing's different. They're just more hardworking. They're more disciplined. They're more dedicated. That's it. That's about it, right? That's it. There is, there is, no one's been, the thing with fitness is you're not gifted fitness. You've got to work really hard to get there. So when someone tells me, oh, it's easy for certain people, you've not seen the amount of work they've put in to get to where they are. Uh, and uh, it takes a lot of, 
blood, sweat and tears to get to that. I mean, he's worked hard over the years. He's not just got there. So, no, it's just hard work, dedication and consistency. That's it. I saw your challenges. I saw your 20-day. Uh, I'm sure there's a shorter one too and a 40-day as well. And I, 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 was just, I was just looking up on that. When I, I think I was in... Uh, I can't even remember. remember. I think I was in Gantok when I was just looking up your website and I was just looking at the 40-day challenge and I was just looking it up. And telling people that uh, in an X amount of time, you know, you you will feel different, you know. How do people take it in the beginning, in the, in the day one of that challenge? It doesn't matter what lifestyle they have or what what system they have or what kind of body mass they have or you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? In day one, you know, what are you going to tell them? And then on D40, once they go through the whole program, what do they tell you when they come back? I don't, the one thing I don't do is promise people anything. Exactly. Right? I, I'm not, I've had so many times when people are like, oh, if I don't lose X amount of weight, would you give me my money back? I said, then don't join, right? My, my job is not, I've never looked at fitness as, as a weight thing. I think it's, it's sad when people kind of judge their entire self-esteem and self-respect based on a number on a weighing scale. Uh, there's more to life than that. There's more to fitness than that. So for me, the only thing I kind of try to tell people is you'll be fitter than you were on day one. That I can tell you. Uh, whether whether you're 10 times as fit, five times as fit, or just even 1% fitter than what you were, yeah. that's up to you. That's about how much effort you're willing to put into the program. Uh, and th that's the thing with training. I don't think it's rocket science. I don't think what we do is rocket science either. Uh, it's again, it falls down to how you manage them, how you manage their expectations, how you manage them through that six week period, mm -hmm. uh, because they will have a thousand mood swings in those six weeks. They'll want to give up at least five times each person. So you've got to kind of be that person who pushes them, who tells them it's okay and you've got to keep going. Um, and that's what I try and do. I, I don't, I don't promise them anything. I just promise them. The only thing I tell them is that they'll get fitter. And that's what they've got to work for. 40 days is is not the end of the life. It's not the end of your life. You've got to just start and make that process a part of your lifestyle. And then when you change that on a, on a long-term basis, you'll see results. The starting is... The, it's tough. It's very tough. tough. It's that's very tough. the toughest point, right? Yeah, it is. And that's why you need people who will help you. The one thing I've always kind of fallen back on is my community, right? You can't do anything alone. We're human beings, we're social animals. We're meant to be with other people. Um, so that's something that I wanted to kind of build in, in India and everywhere. I wanted people to kind of, let's look at it this way. What's the one thing that will stop you from your, your fitness routine? Your family, your friends, hmm. right? Let's be honest. You'll be like, ah, come on, you can have a glass of wine. What's the big deal? Let's sleep a little late today. Don't go to the gym tomorrow, hmm. right? But if you have people around you who are going to kind of push you to kind of keep working on yourself and not give up, I think that's a very, very strong thing that you can give people. And, and I wanted to create that community. I have, I, I remember, this made me the happiest, right? We were, it was two or three months back and there were a bunch of girls who've been on our program for the last one year. They're all in different parts of the States. They went to Vegas together for a holiday, a girl's yeah. trip, and there were 20 of them. They've never met each other ever. 20 of them just got together. They've always been on the same WhatsApp groups. They've been talking to each other. Got together, went to Vegas, had the time of their lives and came back and now they're all buddies. And they've never met each other before that. 
So that's community. Yeah. And that's what he wanted to build. Yeah. How many people do you have in the community now? I don't know. In five years? I have no clue. So fit. Has, I don't know. How many people have gone through it? Nah. I <laughs> wish I knew the numbers. I, I'm not a numbers person. That's why I chose law. Uh, you don't you don't get into the numbers. Uh, that's that's uh, the other people in the team worry about that. I just worry about creating as much as I can. I, I kind of want to jump into Bollywood and then, I, of course, we'll sure. br- break down into a lot of things. Back in the day, it was different. Back in the day, I'm sure a, a body was. I'll give you an example of Tyson Fury. Yeah, love that guy. Yeah. You know, and uh, the amount of uh, energy and the amount of power that guy has, you don't need a six pack to go out and, yeah. uh, you know, be the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. Swing back to uh, Bollywood. There was a time period when everybody was chiseled. Or ev- now, looking at it, everybody is super chiseled. Yeah. You know, everybody is more than ripped. I'd yeah. like to go ahead and add it that way. Yeah. How did that become the new normal? <laughs> well, I don't know if it's normal. Uh, but uh, it is I mean you know what hats off to these guys yeah they work really hard you know people think it's it's easy to get to where they get to but they have a very difficult life and it's not easy being judged every single day of your life I promise you that every step everything they do is judged Uh, so it's it's tough it's tough on them and I've trained a few of them now and, and I absolutely love them I think they're great human beings they work really hard and they deserve what they get. But you know what? We live in a superficial world, right? Everything has to look good. It's it's all it's it's the way it looks on celluloid that's important. So they've got to do what they've got to do for for their work and for and and people like to look at it. I mean, they wouldn't do that if people didn't like to look at it. Let's be honest. If if people said no, I don't want to look at that. I'm not paying money to go look at that. No one would bother. Uh, no one did this in the 1980s and 90s when I was growing up. You had nobody showing off their bare chest or taking their shirt off in a single movie that I saw growing up. Yeah. Uh, now it's just become part of a movie. I think it sells. So people will do it. Who d- who started it? Who do you think started it? I don't know. I think I have no clue. But growing up, I think the only one I thought had a great body growing up was Salman. Yeah. Uh, that's the that's the one guy I can kind of think of who, who kind of got most kids into wanting to train. Uh, so, yeah, hats off to him. He's he's the guy who started that trend. I saw a, co- a couple of days back. I saw a picture of him, and I don't know how how old is Salman Khan. Find out how old is Salman Khan. I'm sure he's he in must his be 50s. over fifty. Yeah, over fifty. Yeah, and he looks great. Yeah, he's worked hard on himself. Uh, there's, there's, you can't take away that. Fifty-six. He's fifty-six years old. Yeah, yeah. You can't take that away. They they work hard, and in whatever they do. So, respect to each one of them. I saw the Amir Khan thing, which uh, blew my mind when he did that movie called uh, Dongle, yeah. I believe, right? When you yeah. when he goes from X amount of body weight and then does the movie and then yeah. comes back and does the other part, and there's a there's a behind the scene of how he did it and uh, the amount of six months of uh, hardship and pain that he had to go through. Yeah, you know, I'm, I just want to understand what motivates these people. It's their profession. It's what they love doing. Uh, I'm sure they want to be loved by the people. And and putting, I mean, it's not only Bollywood. I mean, look at, I, I look at so many of these people even outside in Hollywood and look at the way they transform their bodies from movie to movie. You'll see them, I mean, one at one point, uh, Christian Bale. For, exactly, in, yeah, in from Machinist. Machinist, too. I mean, 
looking at I mean, that, that that was scary. Forget anything else, it was and scary. And Apple and Coffee OD. So, I mean, to get go from there and be Batman, I mean, come on. It's it's hard work. It's really hard work. Chris uh, uh, Hemingsworth? Chris Hemsworth. Yes. Hemsworth, sorry, yes. Hemsworth. Yeah, you uh, uh, are friends with his trainer, if I'm yes, not mistaken, we've, right? Yes, uh, we started RFT together yeah. in India. Uh, he's the guy who started RFT. I just kind of brought it to India. So, um, yeah, he works hard as well. All of them do. It's Listen, I respect anyone who has a good physique because I think they work hard for it. You, yeah. got, you don't get a good physique by being lazy. So you've got to respect them for that. Yeah, The Rock, he's the biggest inspiration of all. Yeah, I love him. Love him. Uh, everything about him, I think it's so cool. But yeah. Looking at uh, all the people, men and women, right? Looking yeah. at all of them, young people, when they look at them, you know, what should their perspective be, according to you? The one thing I've always told people is don't try and be someone else. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you get these kids to come and train, they're like, I want this one's body from this movie or I want to look like this person. You can't do that. You've got to respect your own body and what it's capable of and try and make it the best version of itself. Uh, so no matter, I mean, growing up, my favorite body was Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Oh, yeah. I thought that was insane. I, I loved it. I, I wanted to look like that. But I'm not going to look like that. Structurally, I'm built different. So uh, I'm just going to kind of push myself and try and be the best that I can be. And if that's, well, good enough for me, it's good enough for everyone else. Yeah, so true. So true, man. So true. Uh, okay, let's start with sleep. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah. All right. How important is sleep and how much should we get according to you? I think sleep's very important. Um, people don't understand the body does all the work when it's recovering. And when it's recovering is when it's sleeping, when you eat well, when you... Recovery is not only sleep. Recovery or rest is not only sleep. It's the way you... The amount of food you eat, how well you eat, the amount of water you drink, how stressed you are through the day, uh, how much sleep you're getting on a daily basis, how relaxing is that sleep? How deep is that sleep? Um, I don't think you can put a number to it. I think sometimes six hours of sleep is good enough if you've got good deep sleep. Uh, sometimes even 10 hours of sleeping is not good enough. So exactly. it, it, I don't think you can kind of put a number to it, um, but it really depends on on a number of factors, which is, like I said, food. I mean, how much are you drinking? How much alcohol are you having? That affects your sleep. People think they can get drunk, uh, wake up 15 hours later with this hangover, and they think they've they've slept a lot. It's not. Their body's not recovered at all because all the time is spent kind of flushing that alcohol out of the system rather than recovering the body. So sleep's important. I'd say you should try and get anything between six to eight hours at least, mm -hmm. but that's just a number. I've got a very good friend of mine who sleeps uh, six hours every day, but her deep sleep is two hours. Yeah. She's fresh as a daisy when it's she wakes enough. up. And uh, sometimes I sleep for eight hours if I'm lucky. And I've had, uh, if I get like uh, uh, 10 minutes of deep sleep, then I'm fucked. Yeah. You know, and I've had those days when I've been super stressed out. Yeah. Increasing deep sleep, somebody who doesn't wear a fitness watch like you and me, you know, just understanding deep sleep and the amount of recovery that your body goes through during that time. If, if you could just elaborate a little bit on that. I think your stages of sleep, you have your, well, your light sleep. Yeah. Um, that's a majority of your time is spent in light sleep. You have REM sleep, which is where your body kind of does all the mental work. So, you know, our parents kind of, when we were studying for exams, would always tell us, go to sleep, go to sleep, don't worry. You'll remember when you wake up in the morning. 
And I used to laugh at my mom. I was like, how am I going to remember if I've not studied? <laughs> She's like, no, 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 your body will do the work. Your brain will do the work when you're sleeping, which is true. It's, I mean, I don't think she knew the science behind it, but, but I'm pretty sure she kind of got it right. And then there's your deep sleep. Now, that's the least amount of sleep that you get. Your deep sleep is the least amount of sleep, but that's when the physical work happens. That's yeah. when the physical recovery happens. So when you have the alcohol, the first thing that gets affected is your deep sleep. And, uh, and so all the gains you've made in the gym are just completely wasted. Uh, so I'd say deep sleep's really, really important from a physical recovery perspective, but REM sleep's really important from a mental recovery perspective. So you've got to kind of, well, try and hit all, all sleep stages. How much you get really depends. I, I'm trying to, I'm a light sleeper. Some people are light sleepers, some people are heavy sleepers. When you become a dad, you become a light sleeper. Um, <laughs> And, and for me, it's about kind of making sure I do the things right. So I, I won't watch too much TV before going to sleep because I don't want my mind to be kind of wired. I'll make sure I sleep in a really dark room. I have good temperature around, so I'm comfortable, not too cold, not too hot. And then, uh, God willing, I get good sleep. That's it. Yeah, man. I, I believe for me personally, of course, your diet is the biggest one, yeah. but sleep is equally important. Yeah. And not a lot of people get good amount of sleep, regardless of wherever you are in the world. Yeah. You know, not everybody's going to get the best amount of sleep. And uh, I believe that, as well as along with that diet, those two yeah. things, if you can just manage that out and fix that somehow, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, five, six days a week, at least my thought process works that way, at least for myself. If you can just fix that, then then you're good to go. You, yeah, you, I, I look at it as a 5-2 or an 80-20 principle. Five days of the week, um, you do what's good for you. Two days in the week, you do what you enjoy. And uh, I think you balance it out really well through life. Uh, to all the all the all the friends who are listening, let's let's uh, dig slightly deeper into sure. that. How many days and how long do you need to train according to you? I don't think you can put a number to it. I no. think uh, I think sometimes a ten minute workout is more effective than an hour and a half. Yeah, uh, depends on how much effort you put into it, and you just got to structure it out. I think. You've got to plan your day. You've got to plan your workouts. You've got to plan what you want to get out of that session and then go and hit it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not the kind of person, I've actually been called arrogant through my entire life because people think when I'm in a gym, I'm really arrogant because I don't talk. But for me, it's about just putting my headphones on and doing my stuff and, yeah. and it's my time. And, and I don't want to kind of spend time talking, chatting, wasting time, doing other stuff. When I know I have a limited window, I'm going to go hard and then I'm going to go home. And uh, for me, that's that's super, super important. So I wouldn't put a time to how long you should, but I think you should get in about maybe about four to five days of movement in a week. Mm -hmm. That would be good if you can start with And I said movement. It could be dance. It could be Pilates. It could be yoga. It could be Zumba. It could be whatever you want. Movement. Uh, I'm not saying go hit the gym. If you can strength train a couple of times in a week, that would be good because strength training is important. Uh, we've reached a time in our lives and we've reached a time in society where people believe that high intensity work is the only thing that works for them. Right? They also believe that if they're not dead at the end of a workout, they've not had a great workout. And some of my most effective workouts are when I'm not even remotely dead uh, because I worked what I wanted to work. I worked the muscles I want to and I'm done, I'm out. Mm -hmm. um, for me, a workout should make you feel good, right? If I work out in the morning, I go home and I can't function for the rest of the day, that workout's useless. Yeah. It's not helped me. So for me, that's important. And and that's a, that's a mindset I wanna change with a lot of people because sometimes I have a lot of people come to me and say, oh, that was easy, I'm not really sweating. Does that mean I've not had a good workout? I'm like, no, just chill, relax. We've done what we need to do. 
and we've got a plan and a structure to it. So we'll work the days when we when I really want to, well, for lack of a better word, kill you. I yeah. will. Yeah. But there are days when I just want to improve you. So I'm going to work on that, and that's it. Food, uh, food ways. I'm not going to give. We'll touch uh, all the other poisons later on. Eighty <laughs> uh, percent uh, food. That's something that I read uh, before. Eighty percent of work that you do is in the kitchen, and twenty percent you're going to do it at the gym or whatever you do when it comes to training. Right? How important is food, and how do you want to go ahead and uh, elaborate this? I think food complements your training. You can't you can't yeah. have one without the other. Yeah. I I don't think you can eat really well and not train and and expect to get stronger at the same time. I don't think you can The one thing I don't want people to do is compensate for the food they eat. And uh what I'm trying to drive at is people kind of punish themselves for what they eat. And that kind of creates a very negative relationship with food. I've eaten this so tomorrow I'll do a half an hour extra run or I've eaten this so I'll go harder tomorrow. I've had my alcohol today so I'll go. don't do that to yourself because you're creating a relationship with food that's going to harm you in the long run. Food's something you got to enjoy, right? If you want to eat something, eat it. That does not mean you eat a bowl of ice cream every single night. Yeah. Right? That's not what you want. It's just something that you kind of are fixated on. So, for me, I think it's good it's about eating good, clean, wholesome food. Um as often as you can and uh mix it up as much as you can there's no i i'm not really fast with your vegetarian non-vegetarian vegan that's up that's your choice right uh just make sure you eat and and don't get scared of food a lot of people get scared of food a lot of people Very have trained a lot of people have trained in the past and and there are girls I've worked with who just don't eat and i'm like dude are you crazy i mean please eat the way the way we're training if you don't eat you're not going to kind of get to where you want to get to in fact you might just get hurt So um that's the one thing I've always wanted to change. I want people to stop being afraid of food. I want that to be a relationship that's really healthy. So if you step out, you want to eat something, eat it. Don't think about it so much and then move on. Uh so Rob, I am I'll tell you this. I've heard right here. We in Kathmandu, you know, it scares the shit out of me when I hear this when somebody I know comes over and tells me this, right? Uh I'm not eating so 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 because somebody told me not to eat this X Y Z A B C D E F G right, and uh, I, when I asked them do you work out, you know, nah, I lost a lot of weight by not eating X Y Z right, and I and I look at them and I'm scared for them. Of course, I'm in no position in my life to go out and tell them what to do and what not to do, but I'm scared that they're gonna hurt themselves in the long run. If you are not eating. and you're not working out or you're not doing you know you're not balancing things out but you're losing weight weight you're not eating and you're losing weight that's the worst way to go ahead and uh, you know feel how do i say it look good what do you like to go ahead and say to people who do not work out and who just don't eat i just think they're punishing themselves you can't live life punishing yourself every single day um i think you've got to understand that training the first thing i've always told people is get rid of this fixation with weight right worry more about the weight that you lift than the weight that you have on your body uh because that will fluctuate on a daily basis no matter who you are um and once you get rid of that fixation of you know how much do i weigh how much do i weigh i've lost 10 kilos i've lost 20 kilos i've put on 10 kilos you kind of move away from you know doing it for 
out of fear as opposed to doing it because you love doing it. Yeah. And I think it's important that people love doing it. If they love doing it, they'll do it long term. If they do it for weight, they'll do it for six months, then they'll stop. And they'll start again six months later when they think that they've put on weight. Um, I don't want people to kind of look at food. And, and that's my problem, right? Even when people eat, uh, you get people saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to cheat today, right? That's yeah. their favorite yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to cheat today. Just think about it. The word cheat is used for something you do with, I mean, do to your spouse if you sleep with someone else. Uh, you don't really need to put such a negative connotation to food. You're not cheating. You're just eating something. So relax. Calm down. Stop sending wrong messages to your body. Um, I've never been someone who's kind of been a proponent of weight loss. I don't really care. So some of my students even get upset with me because they're like, oh, you don't care how much weight I've lost. I'm like, no, I don't. It doesn't mm. matter. It doesn't bother me one bit. If you come and tell me I ran 5K in 20 minutes, yeah. then I'm impressed. You yeah. come and tell me you lost 5K in a month, I don't care. Yeah. So there are different things that, that I look at when it comes to fitness. And uh, someone who's just losing weight by not eating food, nah, it doesn't really impress me at all. Yeah, man, when you think about it, right? Uh, I don't know. This is a this is a fight. I'm sure you you yeah. every, every day with day. every single uh, uh, can I can I use the word client every single I call them students students. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, every yeah. students every single student. Weight is the biggest yeah. factor. But that's why I said it's about managing expectations. Set the right expectations and then manage them. If you set unrealistic expectations, I know so many coaches. Are come here? I'll make you lose five kilos in six days. And I'm like, dude, like why? Like what? Is that, is that all you've got to give? Uh, so it's about setting the right expectations, being honest with them, telling them what kind of works. Training doesn't make you lose weight. Yeah. yeah? yeah. And, and that's one thing people need to understand. Training makes you fit. Training makes you strong. Training improves your endurance. Does it make you lose weight? No. It doesn't. The rest of your life makes you lose weight. Because you spend one hour in a gym at the most. You spend 23 hours outside the gym. So what you're going to do in those 23 hours is going to matter way more than what you do in that one hour. Nice, man. I, I really like that. I, I really like what you just said. The thing, that, uh, the thing that everybody keeps asking, and I ask myself the same thing, and maybe you're going to be able to answer this, right? When's a good time to work out? <laughs> or is there a good time to work out? Like, there's always a saying, if you work out in the morning, you're going to lose fat. If you're going to work out in the evening, you're not going to lose fat. You know, I read it somewhere, and it's so funny. It was a Reddit post or something like that a long time ago. When's a good time to work out? Whenever you can. Exactly, right? Yeah. If you can work out. Listen, uh, the only thing I tell people is if you're someone who gets, uh, and there are people like this, who get a bit of an adrenaline rush post their workout, most of us will, but that adrenaline rush goes on for very long and you can't sleep in the night, right? So I know people who work out at 8 and then can't sleep till 3 in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then don't work out in the night. Then you're not being smart. Um, then you're someone who should work out in the morning. But there is no good time. Any time you can make during the day is a good time, according to me. I don't, I don't, I've never bought this that if I work out in the morning, I'll lose more fat. If I work out in the evening, I won't. It's just not, not something I believe in. Empty stomach. Like intermittent fasting is <laughs> intermittent and keto. These two words are, how do, how do I say it? These two words are the new words that uh, I've been hearing for the past couple of years. You know, what's your take on... Again, pick anyone you want. I don't think anyone wants to hear my take on it. <laughs> Go uh, for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not a fan of keto. It's not something I believe. 
I don't believe denying your body of a macronutrient that it needs is a smart thing to do. So if you're going to tell me I'm not allowed to eat carbs and I'm only going to eat protein and fat, I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think it's it's something you can do. Okay. The way I look at fitness, it's got to be something you can do long term. Yeah. Can you deprive your body of carbs for the rest of your life? You can't. So then why try doing it? Um, I get it. It works for athletes in certain aspects. It works for for people who suffer from diseases for certain aspects. Yes, I get that. That's fine. But why would a normal human being do that to themselves? So it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, intermittent fasting, I have no issues with. I think it's fine if you want to do it. Great. You know what? But do it for the right reasons. If you're if you're fasting because you want to lose weight, you can have you have better ways of doing it, right? Uh, fasting was done initially, mm-hmm. and it's it's been a part of Indian culture for really long. It was done so that you give your body enough time to recover, and you give your body enough time to do things other than just constantly digesting food. Yeah. Right. So your body is your best medicine. It's your best doctor. It will do the work if you let it do the work. If you're constantly just giving your body food to digest, then it's not going to be able to do the work. So I have no problem with fasting, but it doesn't work for everybody. And hmm. that's the one thing people need to understand. It's not, oh, my aunt is doing it, so let me do it. Or my best friend's doing it and work, and he's dropped some X amount of kilos, so let me do it. That's not why you do it. It's got to work for you. And, yeah. and everybody is different. So you've got to figure out whether it works for you. If it works for you, great. I fast. I did intermittent fasting for years when I was a lawyer. Because I used to work till four in the morning. Now, it worked really well for me because it took away the stress of where's my next meal? What am I planning next? Where am I going to eat next? You know, when you grow up and when I was growing up, it's like, oh, I have seven meals a day and I have six meals a day and I have eight meals. Now I eat when I'm hungry. I let my body tell me when I want to eat food. Yeah. Right? I, I have my basic meal, so I'll have my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner. And then I'll just listen to my body. If it's hungry, it'll tell me I want to eat food, I will eat food. Yeah. But there's a difference between listening to your body and being an emotional eater. I can put, people can put cookies in front of me. If I'm not hungry, I won't touch them. Doesn't tempt me at all. Uh, but you put that in front of an, for any other average person going to work and they will finish that entire plate before your meeting's done, right? Yeah. So that is something that unfortunately happens and, and I'm, I have no issues with fasting whatsoever. I have issues with keto, yeah, but I have no issues with fasting. Uh, I figured that out. All the keto guys are going to definitely go ahead and uh, write down a comment. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Intermittent fasting didn't work out for me at uh, a certain point in my life. It yeah. just didn't. Yeah. I was super drowsy. I just couldn't function. And yeah. I realized that this is not the right thing for me. And I just went ahead and worked. Again, weight, was ne- weight still is never an issue for me. Yeah. So I'm happy where I'm at. And I'm going to stick with what yeah. I'm doing. And intermittent <laughs> It made me super duper drowsy. Yeah. And it just didn't happen for me. And I was not sleeping right. So, yeah. I, again, I give myself 30 days. I try something new. I'm going to give it a shot for 30 days. And I'm going to see if it's working out for me or not. Man, it's worked out for me so far with anything that I've done in my life. Yeah. You know, not just with working out as well. With anything new that you're trying out. Yeah. Give it a shot for 30 days. And then if it works out, well and good. If you see changes, if you, if you, if you, if you see the... Uh, decline, then either your body is not working towards it or either whatever you're doing is not working out for you. And then you just try to see what else you can go ahead and do. Uh, A fair enough number for me personally is 30 days. Some people have 15, some people have maybe 45, some maybe have 90. 
like P90X at one point. <laughs> There've been a lot. I, 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 I mean, I can't afford to say anything. I have a 40-day program, so yeah. I, I think 40 days is a good amount of time to make change. Yeah. But I, it's just a number. Yeah, it's a number. Whatever makes you feel comfortable. I think we know our bodies better than anyone does. Uh, better than any nutritionist, better than any coach, better than any trainer. And uh, we know what our body needs if we really listen to it and it will tell us. Yeah. So if you're willing to listen, you'll find your answers. The hardest thing is getting up in the morning and getting started. Yeah. You know, it's it's with every human all around the planet. It's yeah. the same shit with yeah. either you're in the US, India, Nepal, same thing. bloody Bhutan, or even if you're sitting now in Afghanistan, it's the same thing with yeah. every single human being. Not yeah. just with working out, but with anything that you do in life, yeah. right? What do you tell people, your students? What piece of advice do you give them? They're nothing. Uh, you know, uh, the one thing I always tell people is motivation's overrated. It is overrated. It's the most abused word in the English dictionary. I'm not motivated enough to do this. I'm not motivated enough to work out today. I'm not motivated enough to eat mm -hmm. well today. Are you motivated to go to work every day? You're not. Are you motivated to take care of your kids every day? You're not. You still do it. You have to do it, right? Uh, you want to put food on the plate? You better go to work. Um, and and that's just the way people need to start looking at training as well. They're, they're, I mean, if I didn't train every day, I wasn't motivated. Dude, I'd be missing a lot of days of training, right? Yeah. Sometimes you need to get the work done. And uh, that's what people need to understand. Uh, there are days when I don't want to go to the gym and I don't want to train, or there are days when I just want to sleep in bed and, and not worry about kind of training. There are days when I just want to eat everything under the sun. Yeah, It's fine. It happens to everybody, the best of them, right? Uh, it's, you know, I, I read, I had the pleasure and the privilege of, of meeting Michael Phelps, who I think oh. is, uh, is phenomenal, and his whole life story and everything that he's done. And he said something, when, when, we, when we were there and, and I heard him say this and he said, you know what? Uh, it's, there's a difference between a good athlete and a great athlete. Mm. A great athlete will do things even when they don't want to do them. Right? You put that down and you think about it, it's so true, right? He's like, he, he actually said this and he said this in a number of interviews. He, he went through, a, I think, a thousand day period where he didn't miss a single session yeah, yeah, yeah and that's what makes him who he is that's what makes him great i mean look at any of these athletes look at anyone forget athletes look at anyone who's achieved anything in life it doesn't just fall in their lap they've got to work for it yeah uh look at michael jordan i think the last dance is one of my favorite documentaries the best uh, and i as a kid I never woke up early in the morning, but to watch the Chicago Bulls play in 96, 97, 98, I would get up every morning just to watch him play because he was just magic. It, it, was, it was brilliant watching him. And when you look back and you look at his mindset and the way he kind of psyched himself every single time to perform, I mean, that's genius. Yeah, right? yeah, he yeah. purposely... He'd purposely make up stories about people saying he wasn't good enough. He'd purposely make up stories and pick a fight. I'm not saying you pick a fight every single time, but I'm just saying you've got to get, and, and you think he was motivated to train every single day. You think Michael Phelps is motivated to go into the pool for six hours every single day and yeah. do the same lap back and forth. He's not. He does it because of, well, where he wants to be in life. 
So you know what? Sometimes you've got to do the do the things you don't enjoy doing, and it's fine. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah, no, no shadow of a doubt on that. I look at uh, from uh, towards my part of the planet. I've got the mountaineers to look at. Oh yeah. You know, I don't have the oceans. I go out and look at the mountaineer friends that I have. Yeah. I will go out and uh, climb Everest. Some climb the tallest peaks in the world for it's their profession. It's a lonely place. It's their profession, exactly. It's a very lonely place. And you, yeah. I've had the privilege of sitting down with uh, friends who've climbed the tallest mountain in the world, some of the hardest mountains in the world, like Ketu. And when I, when I ask them on air and off air, you know, like what goes through your brain when you're, yeah. when you're climbing? You're all alone. Yeah. There's nobody there. Yeah. You have, uh, of course, you have your friends to help you out, but at the end of the day, it's all you. And when you uh, get your one leg up and you're moving forward, what, what goes through your mind? And uh, off air, I, when I've talked with them and on air, when I've talked with them, it's just the sheer motivation that they have to get to the apex. I, I don't understand it, but I don't know what kind of fire they have within them. Same thing with Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, I'm sure. It's, it's the fire that they have within them f to succeed. And not everybody needs to have that amount of fire. Yeah, you don't. Not everyone needs to be an Olympic athlete who wins 20-plus medals. Uh, that's, not, that's not that. But you know what? Uh -huh. I think the one thing people need to understand, that going through life itself is an achievement, right? Uh, yeah. and, and you've got to prep for life sometimes. You've got you've to train for life. Um, and and life will take you through a lot of ups and downs, and and the physical part. If you're physically prepared, you will help yourself mentally. The only thing that helped exactly. me as a lawyer was, the only thing that helped me go through those twenty-hour days in front of a laptop every single day, working and working and working, was the fact that I got twenty minutes to myself where I would go out and do something I loved doing. Yeah, played my favorite music, had a structure. It made me a confident human being. I was. I, been a very shy kid growing up. Uh, I still am very shy. I don't talk to people that much. The one thing that made me confident was the fact that I trained. And it affected my life in more ways yeah. than just the way I looked. Uh, and I think that's what people need to understand. And when they kind of see that, they'll make change. Yeah, that's uh, beautifully put, beautifully put. Now, in, in the fast-paced life, you know, in the 21st century, COVID aside, COVID was completely different, yep. uh, you know, now coming back to it. What is the main thing that your students come over and ask you? Like, what are the things that they're looking for when they come to your program? When they first come, everyone's yeah. looking for vanity. You can't take that away. I mean, really. Um, it's fine. It gets mm. them through the door. Let's put it that way, right? Then it's up to you as the coach to change the way they think. And you've got, you've got the power to change the way they think. You've got the community to change the way they think. Yeah. Um, you want them to, to, you want to create a safe space for them where they can come express themselves, uh, not be afraid. I think one of the biggest reasons why people don't train is because they think they're not fit enough or they'll make a fool of themselves mm. in front of other people. And my job is always to try to create as comfortable an environment for them. So they come in there, they have fun, they're not great. I mean, I know a lot of people who come to me now and they're like, um, you know, they look at the Instagram page and they're like, oh, you know what? These people look really fit. I don't think I can do this. Everyone starts somewhere. And all these people they look at right now and say, oh, they're really fit and look at the stuff they're doing. Had you seen them four years back when they first came, you'd be shocked. 
right? So we've all worked on ourselves and we're always going to be, I like, I look at this and I've always said this, I'm always a work in progress. Yeah. And uh, they've worked on themselves. They've worked really hard and they deserve it. So um, just do that, put in the hard work, you'll be fine. Tell everybody a little bit about your programs. Which one would you want to elaborate a little bit about? The one that you're doing here? I, I mean, listen, my objective always in life, um, and maybe I get this from my mom. My mom's a matrimonial lawyer, so I've mm -hmm. seen her counsel a lot of people uh, her entire life. And uh, I've always wanted to make a difference to someone's life, right? Um, and I don't mean weight. I mean just the way they look at themselves, the way they kind of perceive the way they're going to live and 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 each and every program that I've done has been to reach out to as many people as possible. Yeah. Uh, we started our online programs before the pandemic ever hit. We started one year before the pandemic hit. Um, and my objective was let's just put the information out there, right? Oh, I should have celery juice in the morning. I should have this in the morning. I should have hot water. It's all crap, right? It's just pure, simple crap that people have made up to sell something. So what I decided to do, and, and what I'm lucky I have a team that kind of backs me on it, is just put the facts out there. Eat good, clean food, mm -hmm. train hard, things will happen. Things are not going to happen tomorrow. Things are not going to happen the day after. I'm not promising you anything in a month. I'm not promising you anything in two months. Yeah. I just want to change your lifestyle. And if I can do that, if I can make you fall in love with training, if I can make you fall in love with eating good, clean food, well, I've done my job. I'm done. Now it's up to you. So the way I've always looked at it, and I never had any coach coaching me in my life. I yeah. kind of had to learn on my own and make my own mistakes. I want people to be independent. I want to give them that information. I want them to make their own decisions, their own choices. So even with food, I never kind of say... Uh, eat so many calories, eat this, eat this. I'm saying, these are good for you. These are not so good for you. Mm -hmm. um, and these are things that I don't mind you eating whenever you want. So you give them that choice and you say, okay, now decide what works for you. Right? Now figure out what you think works on your system. And once you do that, once you empower people with the right knowledge, you've made them a lot smarter, you've made them a lot more effective and you've made them capable of making their own decisions. And for me, that's important. I'm not gonna be with you babysitting you your entire life. Yeah. I will not be around when sometimes you need to make a decision. So please just have the facts in front of you, make the decision. And and that's what I wanted to create. So that's what we try to do through the programs. Um, Handhold people for that period. And then hopefully they kind of fall in love with the process. Uh, what I came here to do and what I've basically been spending a lot of my time doing right now is, is RFT, mm -hmm. uh, which I started with Darul, who's Chris Hemsworth's trainer. Um, because I love it. I And I've never taught someone something I don't love. Uh, it's called raw functional training. Raw functional training. So it's it's something I love. It's something I genuinely believe in because the the side of the world that we live in, and when you look at India, it's it's a developing country. It's not a developed country. Not everyone can afford to go to a gym. Not everyone can afford to buy fancy equipment. Not everyone can afford to, uh, you know, go to a ground. Sometimes all they have is a four by four room yeah. and that and themselves. And that's what RFT does. It makes you use your body and you don't need space and you don't need time. You need a little bit of time, you're good. And uh, that's what made me fell in love with it. 
uh, fall in love with it three years back. Uh, and I learned from Darrook. I kind of did his certifications, learned from him. I hounded him about bringing it to India uh, for a really long time. And then I think I just said, okay, when it's meant to happen, it will. Yeah, yeah. And then he came to me and said, let's do it. Yeah. So for me, I'm really excited about it. Um, and I hope people fall in love with it. I hope people fall mm -hmm. in love with movement. Is it something similar? Uh, is it something that uh, even uh, Hollywood actors like Chris Hemsworth uh, do, do as well? Chris Hemsworth does this. Yeah. Hemsworth. I'm yeah. getting that. He from. does that. He Daruk. So Daruk trains him, and he's trained him for all the Thor movies, and he's done RFD. Jesus. Uh, you trained uh, Bollywood stars like Ali Abad and uh, many others, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, their thought process and their the body that they're looking for is specific for maybe a movie or maybe for something else or for a project that they're working on, right? When, uh, how do I say it? Uh, when, let's say, I, I come over to your program, right? What's the first thing that you're going to go ahead and ask me? Or what's, what are the first things that uh, comes to uh, your program, that uh, a set of things that you're going to work towards? <laughs> Nothing. I think yeah. the first thing I tell people is just let's have fun. Everyone yeah. looks at working out as 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 an exam. Right? Yeah, 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 I need yeah. to. If I don't do this, you've you've written ten reps, and if I do eight, means I've not done well, right? First of all, take that out of the picture. Um, fool around, right? Uh, discover what your body can do every single day, and and try and improve on that every single day. If you try and improve on what you were the day before, just that over a long period of time will get you the results you want. Right. There's no magic fix. I know people love this. I, I wish I knew the, the magic pill or the magic fix that works. I'd be a billionaire right now. Red and blue, bro. Uh, <laughs> but, <Pick> uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's about it's about putting in the hard yards. That's it. And you know what? You mentioned Alia and I love her. She's like I treat her like a sister. Uh, she's family to me. She's but never had any airs about anything. Mm. As hardworking, as normal, as as down to earth as anyone I've trained, yeah. and uh, the reason I think both of us get along really well is because we treat each other like just human beings, yeah. and uh, there is that mutual respect, and that's it. I don't, I don't, I'm not, uh, I don't talk to her about work, yeah. and uh, I give her that space to kind of just express herself and be happy, and I think that's why we get along. Yeah, yeah. When you when you think about it. Uh, for me personally, uh, again, Saloni was sharing with me, with me as well, and uh, RFD is something that uh, is very interesting. And uh, again, you've started it. Let's see how far we're going to get in Nepal itself. There's one specific thing that I kind of wanted to talk to you about as well. Uh, I was born with a deviated symptom, as uh, I'm sure if you, if you look at my face, you know, left and right, nostrils, they're completely different, and I'm definitely going to jump. I've got something scheduled for a... Uh, uh, in I believe 42 or 43 when I, when I hit that age you know breathing is very important yeah I realized that later in life when I started scuba diving it yep. was super duper important super important super important breathing exercises people definitely can do a lot I'm sure yep. anything that you want to go ahead and suggest uh, friends who are listening at the moment no I think uh, I I am I am kind of working with pregnant women as well and, and mm -hmm. we do prenatal and postnatal stuff which is what I've been basically yeah. working on off late and uh, a lot of that training work initially is around breathing right? something as simple as breathing in through your nose and making sure you kind of use your diaphragm which is where the air kind of which acts like your pump yeah. 
and and something as simple as that and staying calm and and collected is is very important uh your breathing pattern will determine whether you're in the parasympathetic state or the sympathetic state in which case is it fight or flight or is it you rest yeah. and recover yeah. uh and and it's the signal that you send to your body so if you're telling your body you're constantly stressed and a lot of people don't breathe through their nose unfortunately if you see people training they're always mouth breathing and uh well that's not what the mouth was created for the nose was created to breathe so that hopefully is something that you can change over time if you practice it hard enough so a lot of my runs that i do now or my long distance runs i'll only do nose only breathing runs i won't breathe through my mouth i'll breathe through my nose if i feel uncomfortable i will stop i will take a break i'll recover and then i'll go again because i'm training myself to use my nose to breathe yeah. uh and i have a deviated septum as well so i know yeah. what it's i know what it's like but uh it's it's just it's just something that people don't focus on unfortunately yeah and i re- i i came to realize that when i was school diving and i was like holy shit yeah you know now i'm be- again i'm a smoker i've been smoking uh, well i used to be I'm a, i used to be a smoker so i smoked for a long time and never realized that and yeah. then took a break took a long break i don't i don't i've been uh, i stopped been a couple of years and then i scuba dived and then i was like holy shit you know now i realize oh my god there's such a humongous difference yeah. and uh, that again kind of opened up a lot of uh, doors for me and i'm trying to learn how to go out and breathe with my nose better now yeah and uh, i think it's very important it is uh, there are a lot of things i'm sure help uh, a lot of people say yoga breathing exercises i believe more breathing exercises definitely help do you have any specific classes for that no i don't uh what i kind of try to do mm-hmm. is i try to encourage my students at least when they're doing their strength work or when they're running long distances at a steady state is to try and breathe through their nose as much yeah. as possible um and and stop relying on on the mouth to breathe i look at it as as uh, a savings account and a current account your nose is the current account yeah. right yeah. you're not going to tap into your savings every single day you're going to tap into your savings when you really need it it's the same thing with breathing uh your nose is what needs to kind of help you through the day and when you really need it when you're like gasping for air and you're yeah. working hard and you're going all out yeah sure dip into those savings but yeah. practice It's also a question of are you actually utilizing the oxygen that you take into your system? Because when you breathe from your mouth you're just constantly breathing in and out, so you're not actually utilizing, you're not giving your your lungs the capacity to kind of use that oxygen properly and and a lot of it gets wasted. So learn how to use that oxygen. So learn how to kind of breathe in and take your time. Yeah, yeah. I stopped telling people what to take and what not to take when it comes to poison. uh well, i stopped the poison and then again i wanted to i i gave it a shot but again i figured out that that's a mistake i can't really do i shouldn't really do that you're going to find out by yourself your body's going to tell you either your mind is going to tell you yeah. or you're going to tell yourself that okay it's time to stop because that happened with me yeah. uh stopping poison is very important doesn't matter what age yeah. when at what moment at what time it's going to click and you're just going to stop it can be cigarettes it can be alcohol it can yep. be god knows what it is yep. it can be somebody who loves sugar uh, yep. that's a poison for me as well when i yep. go out and add it right i love it you know i i love drinking that soda soda water i love it you know sugar soda it's it's fantastic it's yep. amazing it's it's something that's going to make me feel really good and especially when i'm thirsty i'm going to have two of those you know <laughs> the moment to stop 
comes from within. Always. Anything you'd like to go ahead and add to people who really want to stop, not a motivation line, but somebody who wants to stop, but just doesn't know how to, how to do that. I think you just take that first step, right? Half the time mm-hmm. uh, or half the battle is spent in deciding when you're going to stop. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it on Monday. I'll do it next Monday. That Monday never really comes. Um, I think sometimes you've just got to make that. So simple, simple thing, right? I'm a Parsi. I've grown up in a Parsi house. Grew up on non-vegetarian food. Could never think of eating vegetarian food ever. Uh, every meal of mine had some sort of non-veg part included. Um, and and one day I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about how I'll never understand what vegetarians go through because they just don't get enough protein and blah, 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 blah. And we're having this discussion and argument. And, and I said, so what do you want me to do? So he's like, I just don't think you understand. Until you're a vegetarian, you'll never understand. I said, done deal, bro. From today, I'm vegetarian. You tell me when I can be non-vegetarian again. He's like, it's not possible. I said, make it possible. It was the toughest thing I'd had to do in my life. Uh, Go cold turkey on non-vegetarian food immediately. And I did it for two years. And uh, it's tough. I heard it's, it's tough. It's uh, it's. But you know what? The mind is capable of so much more than we give it credit for. And it's always mind over matter. So if you psych yourself enough to kind of do something, I think necessity is the mother of all invention, right? Uh, I have a friend of mine who was 175 kilos, right? Um, never ever cared about his weight. He he. In fact, he enjoyed the attention. Right, um, ate everything under the sun. I told him, you have to work hard. He said, no, I'm not going to work hard. And nothing you did would kind of make him do it. Till the doctor came and told him that, buddy, you're no longer healthy. You're borderline diabetic. And if you don't stop this, you're not going to last long. Today he's 85 kilos. Oh. So he dropped 90 kilos. And he's never going back. Right? He did it. Someone who couldn't think of having a meal without sugar hasn't had sugar for a year. So, you know what? You've got to, it's got to come from within. Yeah. You can do what you want as a coach and, and whatever. At some point, it will break. But it's got to come from inside. And when it comes from inside, you make the change. And, and things don't seem as difficult. So, the first thing I tell someone, like someone who, who smokes, right? And you smoke, you said. You can't quit smoking by saying, I'll go from 20 to 10. You just have to go. You've got to stop. Yeah. And and that's what people need to understand. And when they do that, they'll get the results they want. It's all the mind. It's all in the mind. It's all in the mind, man. It's all in the mind. So fit, uh, check it out. Uh, open open his website. I really want to show it to everybody. Uh, X, go to his website. Uh, yeah, I really want. To, I really really want to show this to everybody. Uh, so how does it work in uh, Mumbai? I've never been, by the way. Uh, uh, how does it work in Mumbai? Uh, do you have a specific place? Uh, do you have your own? No, we did. Uh, my objective was to kind of make... Jeez, I need to change this stuff. Uh, my objective was to make fitness accessible yeah, to yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's what I want to do. I think, you know, half the excuses are, I don't have time to go to the gym. Yeah. I don't know, you know, I have to travel. So I'm like, okay, let's make it accessible to you let's come to you yeah. right and and that's what we try to do and uh, i just don't think you need to just bombay is an expensive city oh, yeah. you don't you really don't want to invest in real estate and uh, i didn't want to do that and i didn't want to kind of restrict myself to one place i wanted to kind of move around 
Um, so no, we we I I train people where they train, and and a lot of our stuff is online, and uh, we rent turfs where we have our camps, and and that's what I love. I love the energy that people yeah. bring. So yeah. that's why we came here today, and we had thirty people on that turf. That's that just brings it out in you. You get creative when you have people. So yeah, yeah that's it. I'm glad, man. I'm 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 really glad. Before I let you go, there's something that's really important. And a uh, couple of a uh, couple of weeks back, I can't remember the name. A lot of people send me a lot of messages about a lot of crazy shit and a lot of things that uh, they like about the podcast. And a lot of people send me suggestions about a lot of things too. There's a there's somebody I I wish I remembered his name. He sent me a very long message about. Uh, he sent me a very very long message about, uh, and I kind of want to acknowledge this. I wish I remembered his name, but he said that a lot of people are taking a lot of supplements. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, are taking a lot of supplements. I'm talking about Nepal. I'm talking about my, uh, my country right here. I wish people knew about the supplements before they take it. That's what he wrote. Yeah. He, he wrote me a long message, yeah. and uh, uh, I did skim through it. And I yeah. did. I do remember what he what he wanted to get into. A lot of people take a lot of supplements. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. I didn't know the first time I took creatine. Yeah. I really don't. I had no idea what it was. Yeah, somebody gave it to me at the gym when I was 19 years old. I took it for a few days and then I realized, holy shit, you know, and I had to drink like four liters of water and I just stopped. But uh, there are a lot of young and dumb people who are going to do a lot of a lot of things. You know, I'm not just saying when they're young, a lot of people at a very good age of life with a lot of experience are going to take a lot of things yep. that they shouldn't be taking. Yep. You know, maybe they don't need to get to that level of uh, body mass or uh, sorry, muscle mass. What do you like to go ahead and say to people who are taking a lot of supplements? I'm not just talking about regular stuff. You know what I mean. Let's put it this way, right? I was I was watching a documentary on, on steroids, something as simple as steroids. And what they said was about 80 to 90% of the people who took steroids didn't take it from a, a competition or a functional perspective. They took it from a vanity perspective. So that's that's something that's disturbing uh, because you don't really need steroids to look good or, or feel good for that matter. Um, I think supplements are essential, but depends on what supplements and depends on whether you know what you're taking. Um, I am someone who's always kind of stayed away from everything other than just simple protein. So I'll have my plant protein, I'll have my whey protein, whatever it is, I, I'll keep fluctuating, but I'll have my protein. Um, because I don't think I can get the protein I need from food sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes I'm I'm eating good, I'm eating well, so I don't need the protein, so I'm fine. Uh, in terms of, you know, other stuff, in terms of fat burners and growth hormones and steroids, I'd never done it. So I, and, and I've actually never really, I'm actually I've always told people never to do it because I just don't see the benefit of it long term. Yeah, it might help you for a few days. It might help you to look good for one party or for one wedding or for one shoot or whatever it is. But in the long run, it just messes with your system and you don't want to put something in which you know is going to mess with your system long term. So that's my issue with it. Um, there are people who are knowledgeable, who know how much and when and how to take yeah. it. Then go to the right people, right? Go to the people who know it. I will never pretend to be someone I... I'm not. So if someone comes and tells me, listen, I need to take this and can you tell me? I say, I'm not the right person. I'm not the person because I don't believe in it. 
If I believed in it, I'll tell you, but I don't believe in it. I don't believe you need it. Uh, for the kind of lives that we live, we definitely don't need it. Yeah. I, I, I look at it this way. How many times do you take your shirt off in public that you need to worry about what your abs look like? In my life, I can count maybe on my hands how many times I take my shirt off in public, and that won't even be more than two. But my point is, why do you need it? Right. Start functioning properly. Look at fitness differently. Look at fitness for what it is. Fitness is the ability to do what you want when you want to do it, not a six pack. I yeah. can I can give you I can line up a hundred people who have a six pack and bulging muscles and are not fit. Right. Yeah. Fitness doesn't mean the way you look. It's it's what you can do with it. And that's why I love RFD. That's why I love Daruk because we've had this conversation so many times. And he trains the Navy SEALs. He trains first responders in the US. Mm-hmm. And he he said something once that kind of hit me. He's like, you know, you meet these first responders, you meet these firefighters, really fit guys. But when it's fire and they can't crawl under it and go save the person they need to save, what's the point of that body? Doesn't yeah. really help. Um, I I did something crazy once. I mean, it's not crazy. I crawled a mile on the road, right? I don't know what I was thinking, uh, but... I promise you half the people who have, well, not half, even 90% of the people who have a six-pack or who have muscles won't be able to do that. It'll kill them. So for me, fitness is different. Fitness is is fun. Fitness is, you know, if my son is 15 when I'm 50 and tells me to play cricket with him, I still want to kick his ass. Yeah. And to me, then I'll be fit. That's that's fitness for me. It's not about the way my body looks. Yeah, man, uh, I t- I 100% agree with you on this. And uh, at the end of the day, for me personally, what I think when I go when when I work out is, my mind's happy. Yeah, I'm happy, and most probably my organs are happy too. Yeah, and I'm not gonna care about 80 year old Sanjay or 90 year old Sanjay. I'm gonna care about the Sanjay who is yeah. right now to the present. Agreed. And uh, that get, gets me going, and I'm sure that should get everybody going too. Sure. Yeah, tell, uh, tell everybody uh, just a bit about if anybody wants to go ahead and sign up, just the website. Uh, the uh, website, our uh, Instagram page, uh, it's SoFit Official. We put everything out there. Um, we've I've always used social media to, to be honest with people. I don't pretend to be someone I'm not. Um, so my page is very, very honest about me and what I do and, and my experiences and and all the training program that we do. So everything's on the page, everything's out there, everything's on that website that you just showed. Um, and uh, they can always pick up the phone and talk to me. So I'm happy to talk to whoever needs to. Nice, man. I really like it. And uh, I hope you keep doing this for the rest of your life, brother. Thank you so much. And I have a feeling you will. And when <laughs> I, I so. and uh, I'll definitely join up on one and whenever we're in uh, Mumbai, we'll definitely. We'd love to catch up. Catch for sure. Up, man. For sure. For Thank sure. you very much for coming over to the podcast. Lovely speaking to you. Buddy. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Good night, morning, whatever. If you love what we are doing, make sure that you subscribe and turn on notifications. This program is brought to you by Via Studios.